You're listening to Music Tectonics. Welcome back to Music Tectonics. I'm your host, Dimitri Vitsa, the CEO and founder of Rock, Paper, Scissors, a PR firm that focuses on music and technology. Here at Music Tectonics, we dive beneath the surface to see what's rumbling, what's changing the way we do business in music, how people are listening to music in new ways, discovering music, and how we're interacting with music streaming services. And in that process, uh, the team at Rock, Paper, Scissors stumbled upon an article in a publication called voicebot.ai, voicebot.ai, an article titled The Voice Experience with Spotify, Pandora, and Amazon Music. I thought, hmm, this is kind of cool. It's outside of the music industry. And we stumbled upon our guest today, Joe Murphy. Hey, Joe. Hey, Dimitri. It's great to meet you. Thanks for uh, having me. Yeah, so cool to have you here. And you are the founder and CEO of vocalize.ai. And you're out in Silicon Valley. What is Vocalize? Okay, great. So uh, Vocalize is a company I founded in 2018, uh, where we set out to answer a couple questions about this big new shift in technology we saw coming. And the big shift in technology we saw was voice. So uh, we envision a future where ambient technology all around us is listening to us, serving us, helping us get our tasks done, and voice is really at a tipping point right now. We still consider it early days, but it's moving fast. So when we founded Vocalize, the questions we were asking from a voice technology standpoint are, can you hear me and can you understand me? These two very simplistic questions really give us a good indication of how well voice is progressing to becoming truly conversational and how usable it is in our real day-to-day environments. Awesome. And you uh, contribute occasionally to voicebot.ai? Yeah, so voicebot.ai was an early supporter of our cause and evaluating voice systems. Uh, Probably about every month or so, I send some content their way, and sometimes they put it up. My website is vocalize.ai, so we'll put all our articles up there. And uh, some of those articles also get pushed out to voicebot.ai. And why did you get interested in doing this piece specifically about music streaming services and and their voice interfaces? Yeah, so we kind of have a vision with uh, voice and apps. And the apps on the phone today, not many of them contain voice. Some do, but it hasn't really become mainstream yet. Kind of like in the 90s, every business needed a website. In the 2000s, every business needed an app. Well, today we think every app is going to need a voice and every brand is going to need a voice. So basically we're envisioning in a future where apps include a voice branded user interface to complement the typical type and swipe interface. And we really saw streaming services taking the lead there. Uh, When we looked at across the music streaming services, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, and Pandora, had all implemented a voice control mode. So they're kind of the leaders in the industry and we decided to start there. And so what were you trying to do in this piece um, and and how'd you go about doing it? Yeah, so uh, the two questions, can you hear me and can you understand me? This piece was focused on, can you understand me? And there's a distinction there, I won't dive into it too deeply right now, 
but can you understand me is focused on how accurately can these devices listen to our commands, understand our intent, and provide the proper uh, either music streaming back that we wanted to hear or the proper controls that we have asked for. Can you understand me sounds like a simple task, but even a simple task like raise the volume can be said in 50 different ways. And that's not an exaggeration, 50 different ways to say raise the volume. And what you want to see in the natural language understanding portion of the software is that it can understand those multiple variations of saying the same thing and handle it. Because what's important is we don't want to learn how to talk to the technology. We want the technology to learn how to understand us. So volume control, that's one of the parameters. Uh, what are the other parameters that you use to compare the apps? So for music streaming, we have an utterance database of nearly 1,000 apps. But for this small set that we published on VoiceBot, we decided to focus on some of the basic functionality. And that would include, if you look at the world of headsets today, whether it's a wired headset or a Bluetooth headset, there's some common functionality that's already enabled that I don't need to take the device out of my pocket. Uh, these things control volume control, uh, playback control, and then also we added on music navigation because we think that's really the sweet spot for voice. So for this initial uh, an evaluation, we took our superset of nearly 1,000 utterances, trimmed it down to about 200 utter utterances, and those 200 were focused on volume control, playback control, and navigation of the database. And when I say the database, it's the music library that's available to the user. All right, so volume control is raise the volume, turn it up, louder, quieter, things like that, right? It, yes, those, those things. Also, uh, mute would be included in that as well. Mute, unmute, those type of tasks. So that's one. And then another parameter, playback control. So that's things like skip this song, pause, resume. Yeah, so that, that's the standard playback control or transport control, depending on who you're talking to. But with voice, you get to do something a little bit deeper where you can say, skip ahead 30 seconds or rewind the last five seconds. So you can really drill down to finer parts of the song if you want to hear a certain section again for some reason. Maybe you're trying to figure out what the lyrics were or there's just a part of the song that you really want to jump forward to because you know it's coming and that's your favorite part of the song. So typical transport control, play, pause, but then also drilling down to finer controls using voice. I like how you, you're, you're going to need to train the, the voice uh, components to, to rewind because the tape needs to be rewound 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's how humans think. So at least humans of our generation. <laughs> yes. Humans who remember tapes, that is. <laughs> yeah. um, and then the third parameter, music navigation. What does that mean? So uh, we think music navigation is really the sweet spot for voice and the music industry because uh, the streaming services provide you access to millions and millions of songs. And it gets a little bit overwhelming, but using your voice, you can really drill down to exactly what you want to hear and have something tailored to the mood that you're in. So any service that has a lot of media available has a problem with discoverability. But by using voice, you can listen to what the person is actually saying, understand their intent, and create custom playlists 
and increased discoverability to things maybe they wouldn't have heard before from all the automatically curated playlists. So the users are able to fine tune playlists based on their mood, based on genre, based on their activity. Right. And even just looking for songs, uh, you might not know how to spell the name of an artist or a song if you were typing, but with voice, you know how to say it, maybe? Yeah, absolutely. There's kind of both sides of that because some artists actually include symbols or characters in their names. Some album titles have symbols and uh, characters in the title of the album. So it's a little tricky both ways where now if you don't know how to spell it, if you can say it, you'll get it. But if there's symbols in there, like let's just say the artist formerly known as Prince, you have to know the text to recognize that artist because uh, there's no way to really convey the symbol. So in this uh, particular little research project, you looked at four apps, uh, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, and Pandora. Is that right? Yes, that's right. And the reason we chose those four is because they all have voice control implemented already. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, no point in in, uh, in trying it with someone who doesn't. <laughs> so... Um, so let's, would it, would it make sense to kind of go through each app to talk about sort of how they did or, or better to take broad brushstrokes to, to sort of compare them? Yeah, we, we can talk about each app and uh, how well they did some of the strengths and weaknesses. But before we jump in there, I want to uh, touch on the topic of a wake word because it's kind of critical when we're speaking with conversation. Uh, wake word is when you say, hey, Siri, Alexa, okay, Google. All those are examples of wake words. We did not evaluate that as part of this test because not all of the apps had implemented always listening hot wake words yet. So uh, we started these tests by pressing a button on the phone to initiate the voice mode. And then we used uh, recorded and synthesized speech to issue the utterance. So it was very important to us that the utterances that are being issued are repeatable across all of them. Uh, if we're using human speaking, we won't get the repeatability to have a fair test. So just to set the parameters around comparing these apps, we weren't evaluating wake word and we weren't evaluating accented speech and different types of speakers. We really wanted to give each app a clean utterance and its best chance possible at understanding that utterance. Gotcha. And you know what? I have a question before we dive into to the research as well. Um, for me, as just as a user, I find myself frequently using the little microphone icon on the keyboard on my iPhone. Um, and at the beginning of this conversation, you mentioned how important it is for each app to have its own voice capability. Uh, some of the apps that you're looking at here are companies that also have hardware. So Apple and Amazon both have hardware. Um, Apple in addition to having the HomePod, has the iPhone and the mobile devices, the tablets, the, uh, the iPads. And uh, can you just say a tiny bit more about the difference between uh, being an app or software company and, and the importance of having your own voice versus just relying on the hardware device's voice to control your music streaming experience? Sure. And I'm, I'm going to go over to the world of smart speakers to try to provide some examples of that. So uh, I have an Amazon speaker at home, and I can say, Alexa, play the latest music. And it'll start playing using the default player of Amazon Music as the player. Or I can say, hey, Amazon, ask Spotify to play the latest music. 
and then Alexa will hand it over to Spotify. But in that instance, people at Amazon know that the user is accessing Spotify. And do they need to know that? And that's control of data that is really a hot topic today. So uh, if Spotify has their own branded experience in the app, if the app is open on my phone, I can say, hey, Spotify, or hey, Pandora, if it's the Pandora example. And then it's a contained ecosystem. Nobody knows what I'm asking Pandora except Pandora. Nobody knows what I'm asking Spotify except Spotify. And also their reply can be branded in such a way that they start to have a personality that reflects their brand. So it could be the voice they choose for the reply, uh, whether it's a quirky character, you can actually script a whole brand personality now to match the voice, matching the brand intention and what they're trying to put out. That's interesting. Actually, one of my favorite lines from your articles was, no, Alexa, I don't need you to ask Spotify to skip this song. I will speak to Spotify about it directly. Yeah, we, we, we almost view uh, Alexa today as a kind of, if you think back to uh, telephone systems of the way, way olden days when telephone systems were first getting started out, you'd yeah. have to call the operator and tell the operator who you wanted to talk to. That's kind of Alexa today where she's connecting you to where you want to go. Well, why can't I just talk to who I want to talk to immediately? That makes a lot of sense. It's funny when you think about it that way, you think, oh gosh, we're going to look back at this moment and see it that way. Yeah, yeah. I think we're we're a little bit off, but uh, the future as I see it is branded voice experience will be, be as common to every business just as you need an app, you need a website, you need a branded voice experience. So Let's look at uh, let's look at what you what you guys found out. Um, I had I had said maybe we should go platform by platform, but maybe we should go pl- parameter par- by parameter. I don't know what the best approach is. <laughs> yeah. So basically, this was an accuracy test. So we're throwing an utterance across to the device and determining how accurate it was on uh, providing a correct response to to match our intent. And uh, what we found was. When we start testing anything, we like to start with a benchmark, so kind of a known reference. And in this case, we chose Apple Music running on the iPhone as our known benchmark. And we chose Apple Music because they kind of have an advantage running on an iPhone because Apple software developers running on Apple hardware and Siri's been longest in the market with voice on a smartphone. So that was our reference point. And what we found is Siri, on the iPhone is really good at understanding music-related requests and music-related control. And this was surprising to us because uh, Siri gets a lot of bad press about not being as smart as the other virtual assistants like Google and Alexa when it comes to general knowledge queries. But when it came to music, Siri was really shining through. And uh, across the different categories, Siri always scored highest and those scores were typically in the 90 or high 80 percent. So uh, that pr- proved to be a good benchmark and also something else for the other competitors to look at what is best in class performance. Right. Um, and so I noticed that t- in your uh, article, two of the platforms totally failed on volume control. Yeah. So uh, when we start drilling down, we see that Amazon Music and Spotify didn't implement volume control. And 
we started thinking that maybe they're not allowed to do it on the iPhone platform. Maybe there's some restrictions that third-party apps cannot access volume control on iOS. But then when we tested Pandora, Pandora could do volume control. So we really just saw it as a huge miss for Amazon Music and Spotify not to have volume control. Kind of uh, our thought experience was if you're going to create a real frictionless experience for the user, you want them to be able to find the music they want, control the music they want, and then play it as loud as they want or as soft as they want, all with voice control. So by leaving out the volume controls, they're really implementing voice, but in a non-optimal manner, because I can find what I want, I can play what I want, but I can't use my voice to change the volume. It, it just doesn't ring true. Right. It's kind of interesting with Amazon, because you'd think with the um, with the smart speakers that they would already have that volume component already uh, enabled or... or um accounted for. Yeah, I, I really can't comment on why they don't have it in the app, but I'm sure they will have it very soon. Just seeing that Pandora can do it means that it's not a, a licensing or, or an issue of working on iOS. So technically it's doable. So I'm sure Spotify and Amazon are probably working on it right now and rolling it out as we speak. Right, right. And so in terms of the other parameters, um, you, you said Apple was kind of in the lead there, what, how did the other apps do in terms of playback control? Let's start with playback control. How, how did the other apps do Amazon, Spotify, and Pandora do with playback control? So uh, Amazon did very well with playback control coming in at 96%, which actually matched uh, Apple's Siri benchmark. So from a playback control, the things like play, pause, rewind, skip, move ahead 15 seconds, those types of commands, Amazon Music and Siri provide a similar experience. Uh, Pandora came in second place at 80% with playback control, and then Spotify came in third at uh, 73% comparing to Apple. So Apple as a benchmark, we're looking at the followers being Amazon, Pandora, and Spotify, respectively. And then we move into the probably the most complicated parameter, which is music navigation, because there's so many variables. You can add in songs or playlists or... Um, experience lifestyle experiences like yeah. working out and so forth uh how did the app how did the apps do there so uh again using apple as a benchmark they scored 88 percent. so we're considering that best in class and then uh we see the similar pattern following again where amazon music came in uh right behind apple at 79 percent, then pandora at 71 percent, and then finally spotify at 69 percent Kind of the macro trend we're seeing here is that Apple is best in class. Uh, right behind them, if I look at the average scores across all the categories, is Pandora. But a large part, part of that is due to the volume control support. If I come down and I drill a little deeper and look at music navigation and playback control, Amazon is doing very well. Pandora is middle of the pack. But the trend I'm going to take away most of all is that Spotify is lagging in volume control because it doesn't support volume control. And then in music navigation and playback control, it's consistently behind the rest of the pack. So I think they have a, a little bit of catch up to do here. 
So let's take music navigation as a, as an example. How big a deal is it to have um, this this scoring range from sixty nine percent at Spotify to seventy nine percent at Amazon with Pandora in between? Is that is that a is that a big difference in terms of the user experience? So uh, when we talk about Amazon and Spotify, ten percent, and how do we equate ten percent to a user experience? Uh, well, when we talk about Apple and Spotify, now we're closer to 20% and how to equate 20%. So there, there really is no standard formula we could plug this into. What we could say is uh, more likely than not, you'll have a better experience with Apple because it will understand your request a higher percentage of the time. Whether it's 88% on Apple versus 69% on Spotify, it's hard to quantify to, to an exact well, how much more is somebody going to enjoy it? Kind of the goal is to everybody wants to be at 100%. So the closer you are to 100%, the closer you are to fully understanding what humans are asking for. And that's the goal. Based on your expertise, how far off do you think are the other services from catching up with those uh, those um, aspects of voice user experience? I think they will catch up quickly. So uh, especially in, with Pandora and Spotify, voice is still really early for them. So uh, in Amazon Music and Apple Music, voice is in your face. They're, they're encouraging you to use it. In Spotify and Pandora, voice is available but Spotify, the feature really isn't marketed very much yet because they're still in a learning phase. And Pandora, they're actually in a beta phase. They haven't rolled it out to the wider community yet. When these services like Spotify and Pandora roll out on a wide scale voice, start talking about voice, encouraging people to use voice, they'll be in a learning phase. And their AI models and their NLU is going to get smarter and smarter as time goes on. So while there's a big gap now, when these services go mainstream, they'll quickly close that gap through machine learning. Well, and I suspect it's that music navigation category that over time will become more and more of a, a differentiator. Do you think that's true? I mean, playback control, volume control, it's kind of a limited set of words. Um, yeah, for absolutely. And do you think one of one of the um, one of the service streaming services will kind of quote win enough of that space around music navigation to grab more market share over time? I, I think by handling music navigation the best, what they'll really be delivering is the best personalization experience. And mm. with voice, I can now request playlists that aren't in the existing list. And I think an example that we gave was, uh, I could say play out, play workout music to any one of these devices and they'll have a set playlist for workout music. And even though that playlist for workout music may be tailored to my choices, I can get more specific with voice and say, play angry workout music. I'm in a bad mood, I had a bad day and I really wanna go rage. And now there's no angry workout music preset list that exists. But by using voice, I'm conveying my immediate emotions and I'm giving not only genre, but also mood and activity. So all these three things, I, I can speak very easily at any immediate point in time. And then the service can take that and curate a list for me. Almost a, a micro personalization for the exact person in the exact moment with the exact activity. That's what voice is going to enable, which then is also going to enable more discoverability 
because as I'm micro-tuning playlists to my mood, genre, and activity, I'll probably get access to more artists as well, and artists that I haven't heard previously. And it's kind of self-fulfilling prophecy. We've seen this in the uh, smart speaker world, that when voice is applied for music control and music discoverability, people with smart speakers listen to music more often, and they listen to music for longer durations. So we expect to see the same thing in the app world as voice is enabled, people will use their music apps more often and they'll listen for longer amounts of time. Well, I'm, I'm interested in your angry workout request because uh, I guess all, over time, really the, the apps should be able to hear your tone of voice. You don't have to say the word angry, right? Yeah. So the voice is very rich and there are companies that are working on that as well. So uh, can you understand me? That question that we always come back to is, can you understand my intent? But there's even a layered approach to can you understand me where uh, it does the person sound tired? Do they sound depressed? Do they sound anxious? Do they sound like they're in a hurry? Voice really has all that information built into it. And today's AI is very capable about pulling out that information. Now, we're not aware of any of these apps using biometric trackers in voice to take that next level of customization, but I could definitely see it coming in the future. I could see a transitional moment where you could use an IFTT, if this, then that type of functionality, where if I grunt like this, it means <laughs> I'm angry. Absolutely. <laughs> if I grunt like this, it means I'm ready to work out. <laughs> it's the two grunt system. Yes. <laughs> huh. It's interesting. Um, what are, what are any other new, as you think about music services and voice, what are any other new opportunities that might be available for discovery and get engagement? You talked about the micro, pers uh, micro personalization, which is pretty interesting. Are there other things that you're thinking about that could come along as, as a result of uh, voice getting further down the road? Yeah, so uh, this is kind of far out there, but you could imagine a scenario where if the music is playing and I start singing the song, that the app recognizes I'm singing the song and automatically adds it to my like list or my library. So uh, using voice to not only, and I, I'm not talking about recording my singing because God knows I don't want anybody hearing me sing, but using the tone of my voice and the content of my voice, again, to take personalization and handle things for me in the music world where I don't have to say, I like this song, add it to my running playlist because the app is figuring that out based on the tone of my voice when I'm requesting the song. And also if I start engaging with the song, it can take actions on that as well. Yeah, I guess SoundHound already has this ability to, um, to recognize what you're singing as opposed to Shazam or the other part of SoundHound where you just hold it up to a recording where it's already knows what all the recordings out there are, whereas you're just singing it on the spot. So I can see where that technology could go. Um, yeah, as well. even humming the song is available. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, this whole voice conversation, the smart speaker conversation is huge in the music industry right now. There's a lot of, um, you know, different players in the industry jumping on it, trying to figure out what the opportunities are and so forth. I'm curious though, since you're so deep into it, um, do you see anything else on the, on the technology side of that? Not just the, the, the AI and the machine learning side, but maybe even on the hardware side or the user experience in a bigger way, where do you th think it's going to go in the next one to three years? So uh, the next thing I see coming from the hardware side is uh, an explosion in the market of what they call hearables. 
which are Bluetooth headsets that you wear in your ears, very similar to AirPods. Uh, but what we see with the newest version of AirPods is that they're always listening for the wake word. We mentioned wake words earlier on in this uh, podcast. So the newest version of AirPods are always listening for Hey Siri. And when they hear it, they open up the voice interface automatically. So what we see is there's also articles that are out there that are showing, well, there, there are rumors in the industry right now that Amazon is also working on a headset that has similar functionality that will always be listening for Alexa. We can envision other companies working on headsets that fit right into your ear and have a microphone that's always listening to enable that voice interface at any given time as soon as the wake word is spoken. And that could be a Hey Spotify wake word or a Hey Pandora wake word just as well. <laughs> Who's that talking to us? Yeah. Is that serious? Yeah, I, unfortunately, I said her name too many times and she woke up. So um, interesting, yeah. Uh, just to, to close out on hearables, uh, so once we have these devices in our ears and they're listening to us and, and they're playing music, there's also a lot of information in the ear that we can learn about people, such as their heart rate, their body temperature, uh, e- even their cognitive load. So I, I recently read an article that compared the human ear to a USB port to the brain, where there's so much information we can learn about the human by putting sensors around their ear. So I think adding voice to hearables is the first step. These devices are going to get more and more sophisticated over time. And this is going to happen quickly where they're uh, giving us a, a chance to experience the world more, not have to pull our phone out of our pocket as much, listening to us and, and really keeping a track of uh, our vital functions as well. It's so interesting how the emergence of hearables and uh, audio uh, AR is emerging in an organic way that seems easier to picture people doing than when Google Glass made its attempt at the the visual uh, AR. Yeah, gla- glasses were tough. Uh, I mean, there there is a world of VR and AR coming our way. That's kind of a step away from my core. I think voice control is a big part of it. But when we think about AR and VR, it, it makes me think back also to Remember several years ago when 3D TVs were going to be all the rage and everybody was going to have a 3D TV. We we're all going to sit around wearing these glasses uh, and watching TV. And then consumers pushed back and said, no, that's not what we want to do. And we saw a similar thing with uh, the Google Glass. Uh, they, they put it out there, told us how great it was going to be and everybody's going to love it. But consumers pushed back. We don't see that pushback with voice. We see consumers adopting voice faster than they adopted smartphones. Yeah, it's so interesting. You know, um, I have a couple more questions for you, but why why do you think uh, the whole music world and, and why did you choose to focus on the music world as it relates to voice? Why, why is it so intertwined right now with voice and music? Yeah, again, going back to there are studies that show people listen to music more often and people listen to music longer when they can control it with their voice. And from from my perspective, voice is really the most natural user interface. Uh, Somebody was quoted as saying, voice is the only technology user interface that wasn't designed by an engineer. We look at keyboard, we look at the mouse, we look at the touchscreen, all designed by engineers. 
Voice wasn't. So people really enjoy using it. It's very natural. Children enjoy using it. Uh, with regard to music, I, I really just think it helps people access it in a very convenient way. So that what we say is it removes friction. When I have a database of millions and millions of songs, that's creating friction because sometimes I don't even know what I want to listen to. But by speaking to technology, it's removing that friction and allowing me a much more natural engagement, finding what I want, and then guiding me along the way as well. Great. Well, I'm going to flip this a tiny bit. We've talked a lot about how streaming services can use voice to optimize for discovery and uh, navigation and playback and all that. But if you were a record label or an artist, Joe, what would you be doing right now to optimize for discovery in this emerging ambient technology era? Oh man, I was, uh, that's a tough question. So I, I'm probably going to take a pass on that question. I, I would say if I was a record label or an artist, I'll, I'll say if I was an artist, I really wouldn't change what I'm doing because, uh, the, the companies out there right now are doing a good job of cataloging your music and making it available to users. Now, whether they're doing that fairly or not, that's a whole different issue. But uh, I would just say to artists, just keep on creating. And uh, with voice coming, there's a higher likelihood that your content will be found. You have a, a higher chance of being discovered using voice than not using voice. So I, I would kind of Look at that as a, a fresh new opportunity for lesser known artists to get their stuff out there, get it uploaded, and then people will be able to find it using voice. From a record label point of view, I mean, there, there's the simple things like you should have a Google skill, uh, I'm sorry, an Alexa skill or a Google action to be integrated into the smart speakers. Uh, what we have seen recently, and, and just a matter of fact, it was announced today in an article is there's voice-activated ads coming into some of the streaming music services. So, for example, as I'm listening to Spotify, if I don't have a premium account, I could have an ad-driven account. An ad will come up and say, hey, you should check out this new music brought to you by Axe Deodorant. And then at the end of the ad, it'll sit there and listen for me to say, okay, play it now. So we're seeing voice and ad interaction so I, I could see uh, advertising being a big new thing in streaming services, allowing users not only to interact with an ad to say, yeah, let me hear that, or maybe say, hey, I'm driving in my car right now, save it for later, I'll check it out later. And uh, so ads could be a way to change the voice business uh, or, or really engage people with additional content, less annoying by enabling that voice. Uh, do I want to take it to the next step or not? It's interesting. You're working on this, this um, kind of user experience end of this stuff. And so we've talked about the music streaming services and the music industry from that perspective. There's other companies and startups that are working on the metadata side of it, um, which is how to have more enriched metadata. Some of it's related to credits, rights, and royalties, but some of it's also going to be ultimately related to discoverability. And so I could see the unification of that data, the people that are trying to solve a more rich metadata database of um, things about songs and artists that once it gets integrated with a really rich music navigation system, you'll be able to, it'll help the voice uh, discoverability side of things as well. Yeah. And, and I'm very familiar with metadata, but that side of the business is very foreign to me. 
but absolutely adding voice tags or having better metadata will enable discoverability with voice, uh, take it to the next level. Well, this has been super, uh, super interesting. I appreciate you taking the time and talking to this music tech audience (laughs) about the the project you worked on and and giving us a little bit more context about where you think things are going with uh, voice and and navigation discovery and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, thank you for your time. And uh, I always enjoy talking about voice. I I could go on for hours and hours about conversating with technology and where that's headed in the future, because I, I really do see a voiced voice first revolution on the near horizon and uh, probably we're already in it. Awesome. So we've been talking with Joe Murphy, the CEO and founder of Vocalize at Vocalize.ai. And uh, he's also a contributor to VoiceBot.ai, which is where we found him. So, but obviously you post all your stuff on your own um, website. Um, and uh, thanks so much for your time, Joe. Uh, we are actually going to be coming out to the West Coast, not quite as far north as you, in October. October 28th and 29th, we have the Music Tectonics Conference. We will definitely be talking about voice there. Um, if you would like to find out more about this podcast or to follow our newsletter where we uh, post articles and information about the conference, go to musictectonics.com. You can also sign up for a discount to the Music Tectonics uh, website by um, to the conference by signing up for our newsletter as well. Thanks for joining us. Please um, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast service and we'll be talking to you soon. You're listening to Music Tectonics.